0: What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. Before we jump into uh, today's episode, uh, just a couple quick things. One, if you haven't yet, please take a second. Wow, words are hard. Please take a second to like, rate, and review the show. Every little bit helps, and I would love to get your guys' feedback. Uh, Number two, if you haven't, please go uh, take a look at the website. I'm super proud of it. I've spent more time than I should getting it up and running. It's uh, vanguardstories.com. There you'll find the blog, merch, um, all of our sponsor pages and information so please take a second drop by and see if there's anything uh, you can't live without uh, lastly I want to shout out to uh, every, all of you guys that have reviewed and rated the show so far you do indeed make this show possible and I love engaging with all of you so please feel free to reach out to me in whichever way you see fit whether that's DMs through Instagram um, email or if you have my phone number please feel free to reach out I would love to be engaged with you guys however which way possible but enough chat let's jump right into uh, some good old-fashioned good old-fashioned hunting good old-fashioned hunting and uh some fun conversations related to uh, the hunter recruitment project so i'm gonna stop chatting let's get after it <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. My name is Austin Jardine, and uh, I'm just a dude out in Idaho that loves talking to folks. And uh, I love getting their stories, understanding what motivates them, what it's taken to get to where they're at. And uh, my hope is to relate to you all in a way uh, with these stories that gives you some insight and motivation to take your next step in this wild ride we call life. Uh, Whether that's getting some personal help, starting a company, joining the military, becoming a police officer, or doing something for the first time. With me today, I uh, will be talking to Mr. Jamie Shira of the Hunter Recruitment Project, which I think is going to play well into folks that might want to get into hunting, but have no idea how. So that being said, Jamie, man, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. How are you? I'm uh, I'm sweating. Yeah, you um, just got done with the gym? I just got I'm done assuming. with the run, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got done with the no. run? Yeah, no, it's incredible. Well, Dude, it's it's been like, I mean, I know it's been deathly hot on you guys. Uh, it's been the same here and then I woke up this morning and this this massive like power cell I guess has moved out and it's like 30 percent humidity like <laughs> 74 degrees. I was like, oh my god, it's like winter in yeah, I'm gonna go outside uh, yeah, so it was, it was a nice run actually I didn't I didn't uh, get completely soaked but um 30
0: yeah. percent humidity I I think it's like it at most it gets 10 here. In the valley like it's, yeah, it's oh, yeah never it's a dry heat but yeah as cold
1: as it gets i mean as I'm sorry as, as low as it gets here is is during the summer is generally like 75 70 60 percent something like that and that feels that like sucks. feels like you're in a dry sauna
0: i have no desire to live in that that's why that's why you'll never see me living back east that just does not sound good but
1: it's rough it's rough but you know we deal with it
0: yeah adaptability but uh, man, so we talked a little bit kind of leading up to this and yep. you run, you run right. The Hunter recruitment yep. project. Yeah. So, so Baker and I, yeah, let's hear about that. Cause I'm super interested.
1: Yeah. So um, I did want to touch on how you and I met before Go for we it. got started. <laughs> um, because it was, it was uh, kind of a funny, funny thing. We were at the out there event and we got drafted on the same team and I'm a kind of outdoor gregarious guy now kind of talking to everybody. I didn't know you. You didn't, I mean, I knew some of the other people on our team. Um, We're all gung ho and fired up about it. And each person on the team has to participate in, in, in a certain number of events, Mm -hmm. but we get to the long gun side (laughs) and you haven't done anything yet. And I hadn't done anything yet. And I was like, I mean, I'm yeah, I can shoot. I was like, I'll do it. And you like didn't really say anything, and then you're like, "I don't, maybe it was, maybe it was Brady that was doing the because <laughs> he was he was uh, he had eyes on it and he was like, he's like, yeah, won't you uh won't you let him shoot?" And I'm like, "Okay, sure." You're like, "I was like, have you done this before?" You're like, "Yeah, once or twice." I'm like, <laughs> "Damn it! All right, well, good luck." You know, and you, I think you literally got up there, didn't move a muscle all five in less than five seconds it was probably like three and a half seconds just boom 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 and everybody on our team just kind of looked around I was like wait a second who is this guy like what in the world just happened so that was our real formal introduction yeah and that's uh, true. I thought that was pretty comical
0: uh, well like yeah that was that was a good time that was a fun experience I,
1: I... yeah I thought that was a pretty funny uh funny kind of first meeting and I was like what just happened right there? <laughs> and anyways, yeah, that, was, that awesome was a good time. time. I, that was
0: a, that was a great, that was a great weekend.
1: I learned a lot for uh, sure. Yeah. Oh man. It, yeah. Dude, you got some of the best in the world. Yeah. Coaching and teaching you on stuff. Um, yeah. Big shout out to everybody stock. Yep. Are you that. going
0: back out uh, this summer?
1: Yeah, I am. Yep. I, um, we're in the middle of opening, uh, two restaurants, plus I'm planning the HRP fall event. So I've just been kind of locked in for a couple months three or four months straight, not really taking much time off. So I'm highly stoked. <laughs> on that. I'm going to go to the, um, the, uh, uh, big sky attack event as well. So there's uh-huh. my two kind of get out of the South Georgia heat, you know, get out West, get in some places with no cell service, hopefully. Nice. And, uh, rest and relax a little bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So you asked about the HRP event. Um, this is kind of what I'm, what I'm about, uh, especially on all these podcasts that, that are available to, you know, and, reaching for people in the outdoor industry, uh, people that are interested in getting in the outdoors. So the HRP is just the hunter recruitment project for people that haven't heard of it. Uh, it was started, um, here in Georgia by, uh, a guy named Baker Levitt myself. And, um, we, I had been taking people hunting for a couple of years and, um, Baker and I were at this new piece of property that we were working at, and um, my, my my dad owns, and it's got a pretty terrible overpopulation issue. Um, we did a biologist survey, and I think it was like three times the amount of deer that needed to be in that area on the property. And it's that whole area is known for overpopulation, so uh, we had to call a bunch of deer. And you know, we said, "Man, this would be a really good opportunity to get some people, you know, that we know that." Are interested in hunting you know give them a pretty good uh target rich environment to um to, to have a really strong opportunity to <laughs> shoot here um you know uh, often uh, people go hunting you know five seven ten times and not only do they not kill anything but they don't even see anything yeah. while killing killing is not you know the only thing that hunting is about um you know it is the ultimate purpose of hunting is killing to provide yourself with some with some food so uh, it is paramount that you have success in your endeavor or, you know, eventually you're going to not continue after that endeavor. So, um, we, uh, we took some people hunting two years ago. Um, and then last summer we started formulating this idea of how can we get, you know, people into new hunter initiative. Um, and just to give you a little background, like on my hunting story, I grew up on a farm in South Georgia. Um, we had a commercial quail plantation my whole life that I worked in. That's why I'm in predominantly the, uh, the food and beverage and service industry. Now it's kind of, we did it in a very weird roundabout way. Um, and, and, and have the HRP. It's kind of the same two things that, you know, my, my dad did, (laughs) um, in, in a much more complicated way too, might I add, but, um, you know, just went off to UGA, university of Georgia and, Um, completely got away from hunting. Uh, It was four and a half hours from home. I was really stupid and lost Hope Scholarship, which pays for your school first semester. So ended up having to pay for my college. And my dad basically said, well, I mean, you can either come home and work, or you can get a job up there and pay for your school and stay. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm not paying for this, and uh, <laughs> so ended up getting a job working at a restaurant. Uh, I mean, a bar there. Ended up managing that that place about a year and a half later. Moved to another place, and then partnered with those guys to open up our first spot in Atlanta. It's called the Ivy uh, in Buckhead, and effectively never looked back you know, I, I, I literally took finals on a Thursday with everything packed up and got in the car and came to Atlanta and, and moved all my stuff into our house here in Atlanta that we had rented. And, you know, Friday morning was at the Ivy with, you know, hammering a skill saw in my hand, finishing the build out of the place. Um, so, uh, anybody that's ever worked in a bar and restaurant, the times that you work most are the times that everyone has off to go hunting and, all of that holidays. So I spent <laughs> all of my time there and really got disconnected from the outdoors in general, uh, not just hunting. And, um, you know, I knew that that was a missing part in my life and I'd grown up in it. You know, my dad does uh large track land development for, for recreational purposes. So he basically builds places for people to hunt. That's what he's done his whole life. <laughs> You're um, Like so far removed from that at this point. Yeah. And I, and I'm, you know, it, for the longest time, man, I mean, we worked like if we weren't at a sports practice, we were working period when we grew up, that was it. Um, so, I mean, I was driving, you know, five, four, four J front end loaders when I was 12 years old, you know, three, 300 level excavators, bulldozers, like huge, huge yellow equipment at, you know, 12, 13, 14 <laughs> years old. And that's what I did. I mean, we were, you know, we worked for my dad, he paid us and I'm, I'm, I hated it. I mean, I completely hated it and uh, got to a point where I had no desire at all to ever go back home. Then obviously you grow up a little bit more. You realize, you know, a lot of the things that you had growing up were pretty invaluable. And as you continue to mature and desires, you know, for for things of a, of a childish age start to go away, you start saying, man, obviously I'm going to spend more time with my family. Well, you start going and spending spend time with your family, especially since so I'd miss so many holidays. I mean, I worked Christmases, I worked New Year's Eve, I worked Thanksgivings, I worked and worked and worked. And um, it was it was cool, made a lot of money and, you know, got a lot of advancement from it from a business standpoint, but never really felt like I was kind of fulfilled. You know, there's always like this next thing, this next thing, this next thing. And I just said, you know, something's not adding up. So um, started spending more time with my dad, my mom, and my dad are still together and, and, and but primarily spent a lot of time with my dad out in the woods, just kind of riding around, just talking about stuff, you know, and, and that's been a huge resource for me my whole life. But um, you know, we, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I, I'm in a part, I'm a partner in a company called Kill Cliff, which you've probably mm-hmm. heard of. Yep. So I helped start that in the very beginning that's where I met Baker. So that's how that relationship began. I <laughs> Got it. All right. Um, I was basically Baker's do boy. He was out on the road. He literally drove across the country two times in a row, like from Savannah to L.A. to like D.C. to Seattle. That's pretty like cool. Boom, boom, like yeah. without stopping. And so I was like that's a lot of shipping, audiobooks." Yeah, I was shipping all this stuff. Well, actually, no, it was just him calling me bitching and complaining about stuff <laughs> not being where it was supposed to be because I was sending all the stuff for these events for him yeah um so that's how our relationship started well there was at some point I don't remember exactly what what started it but it had to do with social media and it might have been I started following John Dudley or something but I was like you know what like I really want to get back into hunting I love being in the outdoors I'd, I'd gotten back into hiking a lot uh, a bunch of my buddies now would go up to the AT because for me it's like an hour and a half from Atlanta, it's super easy. And um, there's some even closer now, like 45 minutes. But you know, I said I want to try bow hunting. I'd done it a little bit when I was younger, but my brother actually took my bow to college with him and sold it. He's four years older than me without telling me, so that was kind <laughs> of in my bow old hunting career. Thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I bought a bow, and I shit you not, man, I, I finally got comfortable enough to take it hunting with me. I think I bought it in like. June or yeah. you know, early summer, May, 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 June. And I shot and shot and shot and shot and shot like hundred arrows a night. And I finally got comfortable enough where um I was gonna take it hunting. I think it was like Thanksgiving break. I went home. I think it was probably it wasn't Thanksgiving Day, but somewhere right around there. I got this deer that I've been kind of had a camera on and been been seeing a little bit. He's a really nice 10 pointer. And I'm sitting there and right at last light, this deer walks up to like 25 30 yards and he's much bigger than I thought he was but it was just dark enough where I couldn't shoot I came to full draw like three times and I just could not (laughs) see through my housing where you know now that I've shot I hadn't shot nearly enough yeah I've shot I've shot so much now that I know exactly where I'm going with that but it lit me on fire like nothing I have ever experienced Uh, that's the first time I'd ever been that close to a large mature South Georgia whitetail, which is like one of the most turned on skittish animals on the planet. I've heard that. Yeah, man, they're they're a nightmare to hunt, but it's the best thing. And um that experience, I mean, I looked at him, he looked at me. It was almost like he knew I was there, but I couldn't shoot him because it was too dark. And he (laughs) just walked son of a bitch. (laughs) He just walked right, like walk within 15 yards of the bottom of my tree. And I just remember I had to sit down for like 15 minutes after dark. I was shaking so bad that I couldn't actually get out of my climber. I couldn't climb down. And that was, that was it. That just lit things on fire and sent me into outer space orbit on, on getting back into hunting. And I think I hunted like 25 days that year out of a you know the sand with my bow and <laughs> your family's but, like you, where, yeah, where'd you go? Wait, you gotta work still, remember yeah, that. Yeah. Um but <laughs> then you know proliferation through social media has been a huge opportunity for me. I I rifle hunter predominantly my predominantly my whole life, which is a whole different ball game. And so one of the first things we say when we have these HRP events is like, Look, I'm I'm not a professional hunter. Um, I've been successful at it, but there's still a ton that I don't know. But you know, one of the first things people ask me is how do I get involved? I said, well, first off, you need to follow, you know, people like John Dudley. You need to go through his archery series. There's a place called, there's a YouTube channel called Wildlife Habitat Solutions that literally shows you how to set your property up. You know, it's like you, you, you were, we were talking about it before the beginning of this podcast where you were saying two of the things that you've learned is, is just being relentless and then listening a lot um, and making your own opportunities. Well, that's kind of what we're looking for with people with the hunter recruitment project. We're not looking for somebody that's just looking like, Hey, take me hunting. Cause it's cool. No, I want you to have invested a lot of time and energy and thought into why it's important to you. Uh, and then come in and be a part of the program. That's, that's hugely important for us, but long story long, the HRP started because I wanted to take people in the outdoors. For me, it, it, it literally changed my life trajectory. I've developed so many of my closest relationships now through the outdoors, through events like Everly Stocks Out There, Sore Next, Winter Strong, the Summer Strong event I went to this year. It's just a whole different category of people that I've become really, really close with. Um, it just seems like everybody wants everyone to be successful and awesome and happy. Yeah. And I know that that's not the outdoor industry, just like that's not any industry in its entirety. But the people that I have been involved with and the people that i've built relationships with you know that's that's what it seems like man everybody's just really rooting for each other to to, to do well so it's like you know i saw your podcast come out i'm like dude i, I want to be on it i want to <laughs> help. i want to spread the word yeah you know, i don't i want to talk well and dude so, your story so, yeah.
0: so now till now like is is exactly the kind of story that like i'm excited about right listening to how you kind of went through the whole like the whole life cycle of things right where it's like man I'm following a path. Okay, great. I'm not getting, it's not meeting the core values that I have. I'm missing out on all these opportunities. Here's this other thing that I've got going for me that I love, and it's going to meet all these other needs. Chance it run. Yep. I love that. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing I've done in my life, it's take a lot of chances. Um, and some of those have been have been not so good chances, but you know, the things that don't kill you, you know, help you learn and make you stronger. And you hopefully don't make those same mistakes. We call it failing forward in our organization. You know, we challenge people yep. to make mistakes and take chances on opportunities that we don't know if they're going to work or not. A lot of the time, if you put the right amount of planning and, and whatnot into it, preparation, even if it's a not doesn't meet your your uh satisfactory level as a as a success, it's still fairly successful in the grand scheme of things. But, um, yeah, we've, we've, uh, I'm in the restaurant industry, bit restaurant industry, and I'm in the construction business, like the two <laughs> riskiest things that you can do, but you know, it's, uh, it's been a fun experiment so far. And that's kind of the way I look at life. It's just one big experiment, man. We're all just kind of floating on a rock going yeah. around the earth, like going around the sun, like, Try it, man. What I mean, what's what? What does it matter if you fail? Who cares?
0: <laughs> yeah. Worst is well, maybe the, there's a lot of worse things, but worse yeah. is somebody <laughs> could just say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so precisely. when you yeah when you start when you start looking at okay, great, maybe evaluating some of the risks that you might might want to take. Is there a, a thought process that you have? Do you put together like this this lovely little chart oh. that says go no go? How do,
1: how yeah. Do you literally, really? literally. Okay. You know, like the pros and cons list. Like I will literally like do a T chart pros, cons, you know, what are the opportunities? What are the, what are the problems that you could encounter? And what I like to do is try and stay in an ecosystem of people. So with the, with the bar and restaurant business, right, we've got, I've, I've been in 10 years in Buckhead in Atlanta, which is where the construction company is. So I've made 10 years worth of relationships with people that have moved here that have lived in an apartment and then bought their first house. And now they're trying to buy their second house or renovate their second house or whatever. And so we had this massive network of people. So that's one of the big things I always look for is, first of all, you know, am I gonna like it? Do I like the people that I'm gonna be around? Um, I have next to zero tolerance for being around people that I don't like. Um, You know, that don't, and, and, and like is kind of maybe a shallow word, but we have to have shared values and we got to have some common interests, right? That doesn't mean that if your values or interests are different than mine, that you're wrong. It just means that I don't want to spend my time with you. Yeah. Like, it's not that I'm not going to have a conversation. I'm not going to be cordial. I'm not going to be nice. We can't be friends. It's just, that's not who I'm going to further, or seek to further a relationship with. Um, and and I would probably tell them not to do the same with me. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Those are those are two very key things. We got to have open and honest communication and build trust. I mean, those are foundational aspects of any organization to be successful. So when I'm looking at an opportunity, you know, is it, are there partners? If there are, do I like these people? Do I trust these people? Do we have common interest share values? If not, right. What am I looking at? I'm looking at all the upside. What's the revenue potential. What's the market look like next year, three years, five years, 10 years. What does it look like historically? You know um, if I'm looking at, you know, trying to throw an event, which is very similar to this taking the first step of like starting a podcast. Right. You're just gathering all your intel. All right, who are the people that I know, right? Who are my deadlocks that I know I can get my first 20 episodes from, right? right Who are the who are the next 20 that are a step removed from them? But if I get these people, I'm fairly certain I can get these next 20, right? And then, you know, who are my, we call them big hags, right? Big, hairy, audacious goals. Who are my top 20? <laughs> like, I want to have Joe Rogan. I want to have Matthew McConaughey. I want to have, you know, all these people on my podcast and whoever those are, um it's kind of the same thing whenever we're looking at a, at a business opportunity. is like, what's best case? What's worst case? If the best case far outweighs the worst case, and we know that worst case scenario, if we fail, we just lose all the money that we invested in it, and it doesn't collapse the rest of our businesses, then why not? Right. right. I mean, go for it. I mean, now, if you're looking at a one-to-one, like it can be as equally bad as it can be good, then that's probably not what you want to do. Not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Um, So, I mean, with the Hunter Recruitment Project, though, You know, we did I didn't, that, that's a kind of a different, more personalized kind of charitable deal. I mean, we are a 501c3, um, and that has been, you know, I'm not going to make anything from that. It's going to cost, it has cost a a lot. Sense of fulfillment for sure. Oh, it's, it's, it's beyond anything, you know, that it could cost. And, And we've gotten some incredible sponsors on board for this thing, uh, Everly Stock, it's mm-hmm. been one of them black rifle mountain primal you know all the the companies that you know um and love uh Cliff, um, Who um what else am i missing anyways they um they've they've made this thing the first year was all self-funded uh by baker now which was not uh not that cheap yeah, <laughs> i'll say that. a little a little daunting it was a little bit more than i even anticipated it being like three times what i yeah. budgeted for but it's all about that experience, man. And so yeah. that's, you know, with the HRP kind of more specifically talking about that, you know, it's just a uh, we focus on an experience-based hands-on educational weekend. You know, we don't, we focus on uh, adults. Uh, they have the money to be able to decide to go hunting, to buy equipment necessary to be a hunter. They can make their own decisions. Um, there's a lot of programs aimed at kids, but, those kids go hunting once and if they don't have someone else to take them the next time they can't go right you know until they get old enough to drive a car or whatever yeah. um so you know we have we invite you know the first event we had a steel sniper training how to shoot your rifle properly we had <laughs> tier who we were talking about earlier doing uh uh tccc tactical mm. combat critical care. care yeah 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 can't remember that um you know, what happens when you fall out of a tree and, you know, rib breaks and collapses along? Like that yeah. stuff happens. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. when stuff goes bad in the woods, it goes really bad, really, really fast. fast. Yeah. Um, you know, you what may think like 90 days.
0: What's that? The the movie where he cuts his leg off with his little 127
1: like... days. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like my worst you know, nightmare. You know, and I, I'm always one of those people who's like, well, I got to make sure that I park as far away as I can from the stand, you know. You walk in a mile, I mean, shit, you fall 40 feet. If you don't die, first of all, it, something's probably really broken. And yeah. if your cell phone isn't in your pocket, and a lot of the places for I hunt doesn't have cell phone service, so it doesn't matter anyways. I mean, you can be in some serious, serious trouble. Um, we uh, we take our eating seriously. Uh, so we, we, um, we show people to some Southern hospitality food. <laughs> And uh, dinners are a big affair around a big table, man. I I think that there's nothing more important to a camp environment than to have everybody sit around the table and just really get to know each other. Um, You know, there's people from all walks of life, all different groups of people, all different, um, you know, kind of opinions and thoughts on every different subject that you could think of that for at least a couple of hours during that nighttime. Doesn't matter. Forget all this shit. They're not on Instagram. They're not looking at social media. The news is off and we are talking as humans eating meat and potatoes and (laughs) having a liquor drink, you know, a Jack Daniels cocktail. Nicole can make some bomb cocktails by the way. And uh, they're just hanging out, man, just hanging out and get to know each other.
0: That's awesome. So the purpose then of a hunter recruitment project is to bring in adults never hunted before, teach them how to do it, take care of themselves, teach them a new skill hopefully well is it is it hopefully or they have to have done a little bit of leg work coming into it so that they can be make a, a conscious decision yeah. to shoot
1: yeah so it's uh it's we're by nomination only right now so only mm-hmm. people that have been through can nominate someone to come through um which has been a uh a big uh it's been awesome because it's allowed us to to get really cool people but it's also you know we, we got 200 and 70 something emails from people requesting to come to an event it's kind of daunting you're like whoa no how are we gonna do all this but yeah so they you got to have some background in in spending time in the outdoors to begin with sure
0: okay that's that's cool man i was talking to mike about it at at a burley stock he was like like, man i'd never hunted and it was just the coolest amazing thing he was like i showed up he's like i got into town drove Two and a half hours there. Yeah. And he's like, I had to change <laughs> on the side of the road. And yeah. within like two hours, he's like, I got, I got, I got two, I got two, I got two, uh, two harvests. And I was like, man, you are, that's, that sounds fun. I, I, uh, it was fun. Related. Yeah. He had some good timing. Yeah. No joke. Well, cause I was relating to him a little bit. Cause I was like, last year was the first time I'd ever gone hunting, right? Like I grew up, I did not grow up hunting, did not grow up shooting. And I didn't start until like, I don't know, later on and. I think I was like a freshman in college when I first started. And gotcha. then it's kind of just been like this wicked snowball ever since. And so mm-hmm. I was like kind of living vicariously through a story like, and then it came out and then, oh my gosh. And then I was sweating <laughs> and I was like, man, that sounds cool. But uh, do you, uh, when you, when you have people come through that are do, going it for the first time, that's something that I've, I've heard about have not yet experienced, right? My goal is to experience it this, this next season. Um, do you prep anybody at all for like the emotional side of it? Cause I, I've heard some guys that when they take a kill, right. That they're like kind of in shock a little bit. Do you prep them at all for, for how to feel after?
1: No, because it's so individualized to how people are going to react. Um, I mean, we definitely communicate, Hey, you know, at the very beginning, like we are hunting, we are shooting rifles that kill animals and take its life and it's done. Like that's it. So think about that. That's kind of the, just the frame that we put it in. Um, everyone, including myself still has that emotional, like charge of Holy crap. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. And and when that's gone for me, then I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm done hunting. If I don't, if it doesn't excite me or, or whatever, then I don't need to be out there. Um, and, uh, the reactions are without a doubt the best part, man. that that conversation around the dinner table that i was talking about yeah that's what it is it just goes from like there's usually two or three people that are successful a night right and it just goes from one to the next to the next back to the first (laughs) one it's just like and then man, no but do you did you remember how did you feel and it's just they're just like it's like they're hopped up on Mountain Dew, man. They're just like, <laughs> they don't know what. They, there's so much emotion. Tied Oprah to Winfrey,
0: it. save me.
1: As <laughs> um, I tell you, man, one of the, the the things that stands out to be most last year, there were there were a bunch. They're like four or five, but one that really stood out to me was I've never seen Mike really get too excited. Um, he's pretty low key, and yeah. he, I mean, he, his excitement level was off the charts. Um, but he pulled me to the side and was like, man, this changed the trajectory of my life forever. Yeah. Um, Levi will grow up hunting. Yeah. It and now. I was like, goal accomplished. Right. We won. We won. That's it. That's literally exactly why the hell we've done all the work that we've done because, you know, the other side of it that, that people, you know, don't see if you're not a hunter is the summer man and, and the fall and winter work that goes into before, the hunting i mean it's tremendous and that's actually the next event we're doing is in two weekends and it's a summer camp showing you how to prep and set up and all of that um but that was a huge thing for me man um that hit me like dead center in the chest and i was like and it's all worth it yeah um nicole you know her her first deer we're standing around um everybody grabs a beer out of the cooler standing outside around the back of the truck you know she's just she's a ball of energy anyways and she's just like <laughs> like going bonkers, Losing her just mind. like yeah. like crying and laughing and just like oh my god that was so incredible and for her it'd been such a long kind of thing coming because her grandfather gave her the rifle and just like all this stuff and yeah um i mean uh lucas o'hara grizzly forge first time he had hunted in 13 or 14 years and he never hunted with his dad only hunted with his grandfather and you know he had passed and just all that emotional baggage that came back up and yeah he was just like just you know just it like raw. It's, it's such a raw emotional touch and, and like i said it still is for me every time i, I shoot a deer my phone pops up dad you know, <laughs> every detail of the story, just like these people are doing. I'm doing the same thing to my dad. You know, he yeah. walked out and then I didn't really know. And I thought he was gonna do this. <laughs> and ah, and my dad's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you know, it's just like that is that's that's where, you know unfortunately hunting gets such a bad rap is that you're just a bunch of heartless killers, man. And if they had any idea of what people that were saying that were talking about and any of the level of care and time and attention and money and effort that goes into sustaining and serving wildlife for us and for future generations and our friends and family, it's just not even a conversation to be had. And that's, I'm not trying to take this there, but that it really pisses me off. So, um, that's, a. uh, you know, it's all worth it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a, uh, it's a labor of love. It's not easy. It's hard. It takes a lot of time and energy. It takes a lot of money and effort, but man, it's, it's, it, there's not much more fulfilling to me than that. Yeah. And uh, when
0: uh, God, I love it. I'm like, I'm like, I've got a big old smile. I'm cheesing. Cause that just sounds like perfect. That sounds like, that sounds like summer camp all over again, where you just feel good chatting, making oh, yeah. real good friends, you know, uh, do you, does everybody get uh, the meat? do you send them home with the meat? Or are you donating? The oh meat? yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Yeti has been another one of our awesome sponsors. Yeti has been superbly incredible in giving us the soft coolers mm-hmm. because what we do is we, again, we have to call a lot of deer. So we call a bunch, uh, before the groups get down. So we're sending them home, you know, next day, two days later, with a soft yeti pack cooler full of venison.
0: That's and awesome.
1: That's actually that's actually, you know, almost as cool as the hunt itself because another purpose of the hunter recruitment project is not just to take someone hunting, but it's to build a relationship and is to create a mentor-mentee relationship mm-hmm. so that this person that's never hunted before now has access to somebody who spends a lot of time in the outdoors in the woods and can ask a bunch of questions about you know, where do I go hunting? What do I need to buy? There's 47,000 camos and different rifles and guns and bows and boots. And what the hell do I need? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy world out there when it comes to the (laughs) amount of gear that you can get. And so um, we have these text threads, right. And email threads and people like, you know, there's still pop up every now and then. Like, venison sausage and eggs, like, (laughs) damn, this stuff's still, you know, so good, blah, 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 blah. blah." Like, thank you so much. Like such an incredible, you know, just kind of reliving that every time that meat comes out of the freezer, man, there it's like all that emotional aspect comes back and, and, and it creates a cool, cool little text chain. I love it.
0: That's awesome. So maybe before I I start tapping into some of your, your knowledge and starting hunter recruitment and the business project and kind of all those things, Uh, where can people find you?
1: Uh, so my Instagram is just Jamie Shara. it's J A M E Y S H I R A H. And I actually have a a blog that I haven't written anything on in forever. Um, but it's jamiedoingthings.com, and it's basically just all the crap that I got going on and kind of writing blogs about that. A lot of the time, it's a reason why I started is because we have we have like probably close to 200 employees now, and we have management of you know somewhere around. I don't know, uh, 20, roughly 20 people. And, and so we provide a lot of ongoing education uh, and kind of character and personal development stuff. And so um, I have to write these lessons before I present them to the team, you know, and and uh, our COO Shaddy, who's an incredible leader, does the same thing. And it's like, man, these are invaluable lessons that no matter what you're doing in life, business, uh, fun, you know, trying to stay in shape, just mindset, like these, everybody needs to read this stuff. And and a lot, it's all out there. Like everybody's written about it in some degree, but you know, at the very least I can put it in front of my people. So that's why I kind of, kind of why I started it. And it kind of grew and grew and started selling some stories and um, I got to get back to it, but uh, we're in a different season of our life right now. Um, But yeah, that's where you can find me, Jamie Shara on Instagram and jamiedoingthings.com on the website. I'm going to have to check
0: your, uh, your blog out. I knew I knew that you've written, but I haven't I haven't jumped on it yet and dug
1: into it. But oh, I'm a I am a published writer now. Oh, are you? In, in Eastmans, yeah, Oh, in yeah. Eastmans. Oh, yeah they to... got my my Mueller stories. The oh yeah, hunting. yeah, dude. This, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, out of nowhere I get this giant box of stuff, and I'm like, look at it. it's from Eastmans. I open it up, and it's a uh, M1, M1 mainframe from Eberly Stocks, big Swarovski. I don't even know what what the, what the <laughs> numbers are on them. Huge binoculars, um, not Swarovski, uh, Vortex. And then this big stack of like, you know, ended up being magazines. I don't know what it was. I opened it up. Sure shit, it's like 10, 10 of the bow hunting episode. And I'm like, why did they send me this? They never sent me anything saying like, hey, we're going to choose your story or anything. And I'm flipping through there it through there and then boom it's like forced five stories in i'm like holy <laughs> like, shit i have made it <laughs> this is it i'm i'm rich no not really but it was it was pretty a pretty surreal experience i, I love that they didn't yeah i i mean you know I, shit i submitted it last august or september like hadn't thought about it you know um and then just get that surprise and then they like it was it's pretty damn cool man that's pretty sweet
0: I dig that. I, uh, so my wife bought me some, some Vortex binos for, for Christmas. And, uh, I'm planning on going scouting next weekend and using them. And they're pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty sweet. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, what you're trying to get after? Uh, I'll go for, so I'm scouting out for general season deer this year where, where I'm headed up for unit 43 is where I want to go. And then I'll probably have to find a different spot for elk. Um, a little bit higher up, but yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's my plan. I've got I've got, I think what's today the 16th. Yeah. Here soon. They're going to release the, uh, the tag results. I'm hoping I actually drew something. So
1: oh yeah, I didn't draw anything, Nothing. but in Colorado, Wyoming, Arizona, or not Arizona, New Mexico, Montana, Montana. I, yeah. I haven't gotten anything yet. I, yeah. I bought over the sea, over the, over the season, over the counter Idaho tags several times uh 66 a 66 nine 69 uh a Tex Creek area uh, right across from the reservoir from Wyoming okay um, yep yep I was gonna say I know there's a lot of elk in there are there yeah so like impossible said, to get to but they're in there oh yeah
0: yeah I uh yeah I've actually been going to the gym pretty consistently I've got my frame and I've been loading it up with 45
1: pounds and just Going like I'll turn on Netflix and just walk for an hour. and What you need to look. do is get you a bunch of light poles, just lay them over on a hill that's like forty-five degrees up, and just walk <laughs> over those light poles because that's what it's like in Idaho. Yeah, there's oh, nothing but deadfalls. Yeah, it is the worst, deepest <laughs> vertical terrain. Like, yeah, good that's God. actually where I'm
0: going next next week. Well, I'm planning on going next weekend. Is that's it's all it burned down a couple years ago, right? So everything's mm-hmm. fallen. So there'll be some you know, some pockets of timber and whatnot, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's
1: going to be kind of shitty, but it'll be good. It'll well, the, be fun. The best, the best thing about Idaho is it's 89 degrees during the day and 9.8 degrees at night. Yeah. It's yeah. Freezing cold, dude. I'm actually really excited. unbelievable. So I built a, uh, it's called my, we call it the redneck Ritz
0: on the back of my truck. And I oh, built nice. a camper shell on the no, back I've, seen yeah, yeah, I've seen it yeah' seen it looks yeah, so, are so trashy and, <laughs> it's uh, incredible it's so funny I built it and uh like I didn't have anything because I put on like the traction mats on the side of it and my splitting mall and everything and like I before I finished it my wife was like this looks this looks really bad this looks horrible <laughs> and so uh we went up camping uh in Stanley and it was like 11 or it was a uh, sun Valley and it was like 17 degrees overnight you know like I've gotten to the point where like I don't really care Cause like I can yep. just bundle up and be fine, yep. and uh, she does. She's not a she's not a camper very much. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so we went up, we camped, and we went hiking that that morning, and uh we got back home, and she was like, "Okay, it's not that trash anymore. This thing's actually pretty legit. You did a good job." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so That's I'm awesome. I'm curious to see how well it handles in the summer, but but you got your you got your window unit
0: in there. I do. I do have a nice hell little it's yeah. like a small little I think it's like 16, oh, 12 by sixteen and I got a fan and I even I even took the extra step and have a solar panel with a battery and an inverter. So now yeah. I'm like pretty much ready to go. I'm just just download movies and when it's late at night and we get to get them.
1: <laughs> hell yeah, you gotta figure it out. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: it's pretty funny it's my it's my zombie apocalypse truck, but hell yeah. Anyways, man, um maybe a couple questions on the business front if you're cool with it. Yeah, um, for sure. When you started, because you have worked in the the restaurant
1: business, were you starting restaurants? Is that what you're doing or just? Yeah. Yep. So we own four restaurants now. We have two more opening up uh, this year. Um, We've got a goal of 50 restaurants in the next 10 years and then package that together and get rid of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Be done with it. So uh, I've talked
0: to a lot of small business owners kind of leading up to our conversation and I'm sure plenty after too, at least I'm, I'm hoping that I don't annoy anybody too much. What are some things that you've learned that are, you know, maybe not super no duh things that you're like, Hey, this is something that's really important that I'd like to share or that I've learned that is, that has gotten me to a point where I feel comfortable starting a business going forward. Um, super, yeah, super well, loaded question.
1: No, no, no. Well, so the reason why I'm thinking about it is because unfortunately there's a lot of things that we say that we should do or know in business, but we don't actually say and do those things. Right. And so what I mean by that is the first and foremost thing in business is you've got to have trust. Right. And, and to have trust, you got to build relationships with the people that you work with. Um, people often get confused between a friendship and a relationship. Those are two separate things, right? I am not so much friends with the people that I work with, but I have a super high relationship. They know that I will be there for them. I'll do anything for them. I'll, you know, I do everything I can to take care of the business, make sure that we're successful, make sure that we put each other in position to be successful, but we don't go get drinks together. We don't hang out together. Right. And with a high relationship, you can have high challenge. And so I think one thing that's, it is the most important and it's the kind of first dysfunction of any team is you got to have trust within that organization. Um, That comes down to everything that you say and that you do. Um, One thing we have a ton of like little lingo in our business, right. Um, And most of it's all borrowed or whatever, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so trust is built on, you know, time that, that you have with each other and just following through on little stuff. you know. I, I know that you, you ask for stuff that's not like, duh, but I, I mentioned that because people just don't do it. Mm-hmm. They just don't follow through on stuff that they say they're going to do. And sure, we all miss stuff. We all screw stuff up all the time, but um, that's hugely important in an organization, specifically as you grow and scale. Um, the further that you get away from the center and the more that you have you know, a lag between what's supposed to be done and what's actually done. When you extrapolate that out over 10, 20, 30, 100, 200 people, all of a sudden your organization comes to a screeching halt yeah. because no one's being held accountable to themselves and no one's holding each other accountable. Uh, and the only way that you can do that is is, is building that trust with them. So um, I think that's, that's one very, 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 very important. Uh, another component of trust is, and it's funny, I was just listening to 12 Rules of Life. Uh, by Jordan B. Peterson. He is unbelievable. I'm like mesmerized when he starts <laughs> talking his way of speaking and, and all that. And he reads his own book, but the chapter I just listened to is, and I don't remember which one it is, but it's, uh, it's tell the truth or at least don't lie. Yeah, And a lot of what he's talking about in there actually isn't lying in the way that you think about it, but embellishment, hyperbole, changing people's words, of how they said something to fit your narrative a little better to make it look or sound better or the little white lies of, you know, why you were late. And it's just, it's like, all that stuff adds up and it creates the friction that creates distrust, which just just completely destroys the team. And so we have a term we call carefrontation, which is what is it's a confrontation with care and, and, We're going to tell you when you're not doing something right, or we're going to tell you when you're doing something that's upsetting us, or we're going to tell you when you're just wrong. It's not a, there's no placating. There's no sugarcoating. It's like, Hey, that's not the way that's supposed to be done. Or, Hey, that's wrong. Let me show you how to do it. Let's get it right. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Right. And there's, there's no emotion tied to that. Can't have pride of authorship. You can't, you know, change Nuance and situations, and put spin like everything on this planet is now, unfortunately, or at least in the US uh, media. And, you know, just eliminating all that bullshit, man, because people don't like that. They don't want to deal with it. They know when you're doing it, and all it does is give them the green light to do it. So, really, that foundation of trust um, is a huge, huge thing um, when it comes to business. Um, Execution, no matter what you're doing. Execution trumps knowledge, it trumps everything else when it comes to business. You have got to execute at the level in which you say you're going to execute. Whatever your brand promise is, right? Whatever you tell people you're going to do, whatever that is, no matter if it's, you know, the highest level or the lowest level, if you're consistent with that, you'll be successful over time. Those are those are two really big ones. Everybody, or one of my favorite Tony Robbins things, is that it's never that you don't have enough it's never that you don't have enough resources is that you're not resourceful enough, right? Yeah, you fair. can find a freaking way to make it happen. Again, be relentless was one of the things that, yeah. that you mentioned earlier. Just don't stop, just don't stop. I've seen so many people that have revolved in and out of organizations that worked so hard on something. I've seen it in people's personal lives and they get right to the finish line and they give up. And they just stop. And the next person comes in and boom, there's an explosion through that barrier, right? <laughs> that sales barrier, the, you know, operational efficiency barrier, the, whatever it is, right. You know, you just can't, you can't ever stop, you know, until you run into, you know, where it becomes detrimental to you financially or physically or whatever. Right. Obviously right. You need to right. Take, <laughs> there's some caveats to go along with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Along with trust and 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 whatnot is your team, right? If you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with the team. Mm, um, that's a good one. one. One thing that we understand, uh, and it's always a balance, man. When you're starting up, is balancing resource allocation with 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 people, right? You don't have enough people to hire people or you don't have enough money to hire people, but you need people so that you can grow your business, right? Chicken and the egg. What do you do? What do you do? You give up your salary. You don't take anything out of the business. You, you know, people always say, don't, don't get credit card debt. You get credit card debt. You sell out, you put, you go all in, you hire the right people, you do the right things. And it's going to work, right? You, you hope that it's going to work if you have a sound, sound business plan, but you have got to surround yourself with high performers. You've got to surround yourself with people that, again, have shared values and common interests that want to see the people around them successful, have no pride of authorship, or honest or trustworthy, will work hard or accountable, that are self starters. You got to hire motivated people because guess what you're never going to do is motivate someone, right? If they are at a free, you know, free will work they're not going to, you can't motivate them, right? <laughs> if you motivate them through money, eventually they're going to feel like, you know, they're getting pepped out. If you motivate them through fear, they're eventually going to get pissed off and they're going to leave. And if you motivate them through education, which is the only way that actually works over a sustained period of time, if they don't turn that motivation on themselves, eventually they're going to get uncomfortable and they're going to quit because they don't want to be a part of an organization that's pushing them out of their comfort zone. Sure. Um, and there's kind of three ways that you motivate people. And uh, that's something that we we focus big on um, is team development, and personal development. Um, you know, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. There is no standing still in business and in life. And you've always got to be evolving yourself. You always need to be reading something. You always need to be listening to podcasts, eating, healthy, exercising. We teach kind of the whole wheel of life approach. What else are kind of business kind of tips and stuff that, that we do? I mean, we look at we look at people, when you're hiring someone, and I just learned this the other day, and it's something that we we kind of were doing. We just didn't really think we were doing. Yeah. Uh, but before you bring someone onto your organization, you need to go through a budget with them to make sure that what you're hiring them for, from a pay standpoint, can actually support their lifestyle. And I've had quite a few people that we've hired, and then they're so stressed about the money that they got hired for because they accepted a job that was less than what it takes for them to be comfortable living. <laughs> that they can't even do their job and then they end up quitting or it blows up or something. And you go, what's going on? They go, well, you don't pay me enough. Well, you've been working here for four months. You have an intro position. That's, we agreed. You have a signature on your employee agreement. <laughs> like what happened? Like this is like, we, there was no negotiation. You didn't see anything. You know um, that is a, that is a, a, a definitely a, a tip that is very important. Um that most people don't do and don't think about. Um, what so, else is there? So I'm going
0: to, I'm going to ask you a quick question, if that's cool, kind of going back, yeah. I, I took a couple notes as you were going. So the care carefrontation piece, I think, I think is really, really cool. I like, I like that word when you said it, I totally had to pause and think about what is that a concatenation yeah. of how did you, how did you go and build kind of the culture of care carefrontation? Cause that seems like a very challenging thing where it's like, Hey, <laughs> we're going to sit down. I'm going to tell you why you're doing it wrong, but it's out of love and we're going to get better. How do, how do you feel well, like you were able to establish that?
1: Well, first of all, in any organization, you have to have a strong culture to be successful in the long term. to have a long, to have a good culture and long sustained success. You have to create psychological safety. Okay. You have to make people feel and create an organization that allows people to feel safe in the organization. so you know you're building relationships helps with that tremendously. When we call each other right it's not hey give me the update on this project It's hey how are you today? How are you feeling? How's your family? How's your daughter's soccer game? How is your you know aunt's birthday how whatever right right We're invested in our people's lives. That creates psychological safety. When you create psychological safety, it allows people to, first of all, operate at a much higher level because they're not worried like, ooh, what are they going to say about this or what's going to happen? You know, people are just working, right? Because they just want to do the best job they can. Um, my brother is probably one of the most hard charging human beings that I've ever been around. Um, and unfortunately, I've been around that for 34 years. Um, <laughs> but but no, Um my brother, it's something that we had to create an organization because it wasn't always there, right? That's how you that's how you grow and develop is you figure shortcomings and you you solve the problem around those. Um, but the way that my brother communicates is a very no nonsense. Like I'm trying to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. Yep. yep. I don't really care about what's in between. I just need to know the answer so that I can go on to the next thing. We noticed that was creating a lot of frustration between individuals within the teams and we figured out like that what we had to do to get over that was for Benji literally just to sit down and say look dude there's nothing personal about this at all I love you I will do anything for and it took time for him to prove this over time throughout a culture. And again, that's that accountability, right? If I say I'm going to do something, I have to do it, whether it's bringing you coffee or whether it's sending you that email at 11 o'clock at night, because I told you I was going to, it's all those little things are either plus ones or minus ones. And you have a Goodwill bank account with every employee, right? And, And they have that with the organization. If you have a full Goodwill bank account, you can be harder on people, right? And so my brother being that hard charging very direct person we had to sit to get, sit down as a group and as managers and say look guys like we're all we all have the same goal right we're all fighting for the same team we all want the same thing right i am not here to try and create any frustration or friction or whatever we're just we are in such a go mode all the time the restaurant industry is just a constantly evolving industry that we knew that we had to tell our people and sit down and explain to them that you know we're going to do anything we can to take care of you We care about you. We love you, but this is just business. And we have to eliminate all the fluff in there when it's go time. And then when it's not go time and like, we have these, these kind of team, team building events and all that stuff. And it's not like that, right. It's hanging out, having a good time. Um, But also, you know, that's, that's one way you do is literally just sitting down and just saying, Hey, like there's nothing personal here. Right. And, And in fact, like three or four months ago, I had to sit down that with a, with a, a female manager of ours um, who I felt like was constantly, anytime that I tried to offer, you know, feedback or advice, she was taking stuff personally. Yeah. Right. And that's generally what happens. It's generally not the person delivering the news. It's the person receiving it that causes the friction that causes the frustration, then it becomes a confrontation because they get defensive. Anyways, um I finally had to sit down with her and I was like, hey, look at me for a second. Like stop everything that you're doing, right? My goal, which is all of the C-suite and people in our company's goal is to develop people and provide more opportunity, right? So my goal is to develop you and to give you more opportunity to make more money and have more responsibility and have more freedom and have more discipline and have a better life. That's literally all I'm trying to do, Yeah, right? I know that if I do that, you're going to take care of yourself. You're going to take care of the business, you're, which is in turn going to take care of me. Right. But I've got to put that up front. And I said, I feel like every time I come in here, you think I'm like coming in, you know, I'm, I'm coming at you. Down the throat. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and I'm not. Right. And it, it took about 15 minutes, literally. And at the end of that conversation, she literally sat back. And she was like, you know what? I, I appreciate you saying that so much. She's like forever. I felt like I was never doing anything Right blah, 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 blah. We get to the end of the conversation and I, and it basically, you know, the summary is that she said you weren't really doing anything to cause that. It was just my insecurity making me think that you were doing that. Yeah. And interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and over the last, probably, I mean, that happened, I mean, it happened in the beginning of this year, maybe March or February, and she has just been absolutely murdering it. Right. <laughs> Um, That's awesome. But but when I but you know when I say hey I'm gonna get you this thing that you need, right? I do it, right? We have a leak. Small example. We have a leak in our front door of the business. I said, get quotes, get it fixed. Like no question. You have all the resources you need to be successful, right? And and if you do that over time, you build that culture of carefrontation. Um, Because you know when shit does hit the fan, because it does every now and then. Um, you know people have family emergencies people have health issues, COVID. I think the way that we handled that was, was very strong. Uh, we didn't lose, uh, but one, uh, member of management. And we sat everybody down at the very beginning and said, this is what we're going to do. This is, we're going to keep you employed. We're going to pay you until we run out of money. Um, if you don't want to be on the team, you need to leave. Now one guy stood up. We said, thank you. You weren't welcome here anyways. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> kept moving. Um, and through through time and through experience, you know, we jump right in. You know, hey man, you know, we had a manager quit, and I haven't had a day off in six days. C-suite employee goes in there and runs that store to give him a day off. Yeah, right. They know that we had their backs. That's cool. I love it, man. What else
0: uh, do you feel like covering? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to take up. I don't want to take your whole night, man. But I
1: don't want to let. What questions my- do you have?
0: Well, you know, I feel like we covered a lot of them because the the carefrontation. The go fast by yourself, go far with a team. I think speaks volumes, right? And then uh, I've heard, I've heard the plus one minus one a couple times, but uh, yeah. the uh, what did you say? The well being, well being bank. I didn't take note of it because I was super the goodwill bank, the, good yeah, will the goodwill bank. bank. Yeah, I think that that's that's a really good encapsulation of of man. What am I trying to say? A good encapsulation of trying to build a culture, right? Is yeah. that if you're trying to sit down and say, okay. What is my culture supposed to be? That's one question. But in order for me to grow and develop that, I need to be very conscious of a goodwill bank Mm -hmm. and how I add and add and detract from that will dictate how I'm going to manage and work with the folks I'm around.
1: Well, you have to realize everyone has some crazy shit going on in their life. Oh yeah. Like everyone. So just because Billy comes in and acts like an asshole one day, but he's a kick-ass employee and has always done everything he's supposed to do right all the time. That doesn't, it's not like, all right, you're fired, right? Yeah. He's exactly. got a huge surplus in his goodwill bank, right? So when people don't do what we expect them to do, we either, we put one of two things in there. We put trust and say, okay, they just are having a bad day. They're having a bad time. They, whatever, whatever, whatever. Or we put suspicion, mm-hmm. I think that this person has got a drinking problem or I think that, this person doesn't want to be here, or this person's looking for a better job, or this person's stealing from me, or this person's just having a bad day. They're just off, they're dealing, right? Your Goodwill bank account determines what is put in that gap, right? And and just think about your own personal experience of working with people, right? When somebody doesn't do something that they, that you expect them to do, either because it's communicated or they didn't fulfill, you know, a responsibility or whatever, you either put, you either go, oh, well, you know, I just, it is what it is. They, you know, they got a lot on their plate or you go, yeah, I bet that, you know what, he's probably out doing some shit. He's not supposed to, right? I mean, you just (laughs) naturally say that in your head, like they aren't doing what they're supposed to do. You know, what are these people in here doing? And, and that goodwill bank account establishes your reaction to that, right? It's like, if somebody is always doing everything that they're supposed to do, they're always on time. They always work hard. They screw up one night and have a bad night and, you know, have two or three infractions, we're not going to fire that person. We're going to bring him in and say, "Hey, what the hell's going on?" Yeah, you really screwed. You really, screw, you really screwed so. up last night, right? That confrontational, <laughs> like I love you, but you, you know, in a lot more colorful language, you really made a bad mistake, <laughs> right? <laughs> and most of the time, those people go, "Dude, I know, you know my girlfriend broke up with me, or my car broke down, or blah 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 blah." Okay, tell me, right? Another thing we say is we can't have compassion without communication. Right, you yeah. have to tell me when shit's going on, not so that I can solve it for you, but so that I can know, like, all right, what kind of workload do I do I need to put with this person? You know, what kind of what what are they dealing with? How many how much ancillary stuff is taking up mental capacity so that they can't um, they can't perform as high as they normally would? And, and it's so easy to say, well, that shit doesn't matter. You know, when you walk through the door, you know, business is all you got to think about. Well, that's just not the way it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I've had even, to learn
0: that one, like in, in, in real life or not, not just, not just work, but like life, right. Is that yeah. care, care, compassion and communication and having to learn how to interpret that and make a change in that, in your actions from, from one person to the next, from one minute to the next, mm-hmm. that is a hard thing to learn.
1: Absolutely. It's um, you know, there's again, everybody's got something going on. So Just know that and, and understand that people are people and that if you have a good relationship and you have high trust and you can challenge people at a high level, like if you're already there, then if they don't do what they're supposed to do, it's because there's something else going on. And, and a lot of the times you just got to be the bigger man or bigger woman to sit down and have a carefrontational conversation. You know, Hey Austin, I know something's off. You know, you got to give me, you got to let me know what's in. Right in like my then you, life right now, yeah. And then you got to take that <laughs> take that problem right, and you got to hold on to it. And most of the time, men want you to solve a problem. Women want you just to listen. Most mm-hmm. of the time, like take that brick, pay attention, listen, which means talking less than sitting and listening. Offer advice if they want it. If they don't, just say, "All right, cool." Most of the time, people just talking stuff out makes them feel better. And we call those like their bricks, right? That's their issue. And then you take that thing and you give it right back to them. You say, all right, you know, let's get back on it. Right. Yep. it's the time that solves a lot of problems, man. You just got to communicate with your people. Um, we have in-person and or Zoom calls every week with every manager in our business. So, um, because we have businesses in three different States. Yeah. Um, seeing them all face-to-face is kind of tough and we see all of them monthly. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of travel, but it's cool. I believe it. That's cool, man. Well, I, I feel
0: like I've learned a lot and I'm going to have to like rigor when I, when I edit this, I'm going to, I'm going to be sitting there like, whew, I look forward to chatting with him again. He said, I should have asked all of these other questions. So uh, if you're cool with it, man, I would love to, uh, I'd love to learn a little bit more kind of as time goes on and then reach back out and maybe ask some yeah, pointed questions. Cause I mean, I've been doing this for two months, actually a month and a half, a month and a half yeah. a podcast now. And I mean, I need to like sit down and just write out all of the things that I've learned because it's it's remarkable. Just all the people out there, the things that they've learned, the life experiences. I mean, this is turning into a collection of just crazy stories that I I just it blows my mind. So I'd love as I.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this is that's the beauty of the podcast, right? Long form communication. This is how we've communicated for, you know, thousands of years. Yeah. And now in the last, I mean, how long has texting been around 15, 20 years email? Like yeah, I, don't I, mean, even, I don't know the year it was started, but internet we have comp- yeah we have compressed all of that in the sound bites and gotcha moments where we can post something online and say, well, you said this. Well, yeah, I was, was 25, you know, fucking years ago. Of course, I said that. That's what I thought at the time. And yeah. then I grew up. and then I learned something. I didn't sit in a fucking time capsule with my head up my ass, not paying attention to what's going on, man, that obviously I get spirited there. That is something that really <laughs> fires me up and I cannot believe that that's how we allow people to, to play this stupid game, man. That's all it is. It's a stupid ass popularity contest. Like what do we, what do we, what are we, 12? What are we doing? Talk, shut up. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's funny you say that I can't, I can't remember who I was talking to but but uh, we were talking about podcasts being the news and they were saying it's funny because the podcasts are literally the radio all over again
1: yeah just on the internet
0: and you tune in whatever you want and to whatever you want and it's <sighs> it's literally it's the internet radio and it was just funny because as i thought about that you know as i've trying to figure out how i'm performing like like statistically you know as far yeah, yeah, as downloads yeah. and stuff um it, it's interesting because when i kicked it off i you know i didn't really know anything about podcasts and as far as like ratings, they're like, you can't look at podcast numbers. Like you look at an Instagram view or a like or Facebook or YouTube downloads, because to your point of view being long, what is it, what'd you say? Long-term communication, Long-form communication, long-form communication, yeah. right? It's like, it's a commitment for somebody to sit and listen to something for an hour and change, you know, it's like, that's like, if you get, if you get whatever downloads, like you're in the top 25% because that's an hour of somebody's time, they're committing to listening. Absolutely. To it. So 100%. it's a, uh, it's like, Hey, how do I, how do I make, make value somewhere where it probably exists in a way that people actually give a flying shit to care about. So
1: yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, people spend a lot of time in cars. Hopefully people are spending time exercising. Um, those are, that's where I get what I call double time, you know, mm-hmm. where I can I can learn and I can, you know, be physically pushing myself or um I, I love like I can't listen to music when I run because I try to just run the beat of the music and I and I listen to you know rock and roll and shit like that. I'm like dying a quarter of mile angry, in. So if music. I could yeah, so if <laughs> I can put it on an audio book, like keep it at a good pace. I can just kind of plod along. That's, you know, I, I try and read two or three books a month and that's, that's how I do it. Most of the time, literally just jogging, listening, or, you know, I, I got about a 20 minute commute pretty easy and I throw on something. I mean, that's 40 minutes a day. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big thing.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what I do. I, I kill audiobooks for the most part. And, uh, I live, so my office is, so I've been working from home since last March, but when I go back later this summer, it's 45 minutes each way. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can get and a so lot in it adds up quick that and you know when i leave for like yeah, i haven't recently but when i'd leave for matches and stuff i mean there was one match that i went to up in northern montana last
1: year mm-hmm. two years ago and that's 12 hours you know yeah like i mean yeah, that's but, and i'm on the road between charleston nashville birmingham and atlanta you're looking at minimum two and a half hours to birmingham three and a half to nashville five and some change to charleston and just back and forth and that's just man i hammer books and yep. it's 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 uh you know, you're what you eat and whether that's talking about what you physically eat or mentally eat, or, you know, you listen to what you're reading, what's on social media, cut out the bullshit, cut out the haters, as they say, (laughs) look at some inspirational shit. That's
0: good stuff. All right, yeah, man. man. Well, speaking of inspiration, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go hit the gym. And then uh, I've got to put you, you just reminded me of of uh, committing and, and leaky things. I've got to go fix the sprinklers. And I've been getting yelled at for a couple of days now. So I need to go take care. Of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, all right, man. Well, it was good chatting. I appreciate it. Jamie, man, I appreciate your time. I had a great time learning more about the Hunter Recruitment Project, Carefrontation, and how to have more uh, pointed and meaningful conversations. I look forward to uh, touching base at some point in the future as uh, as I grow up a bit more to ask some more uh, pointed and meaningful questions. Uh, to close out this podcast, though, this episode, uh, I want to give a shout out to an additional show sponsor, Eberly Stock. Everly Stock manufactures a whole lineup of hunting equipment uh, from, you know, load bearing meat frames to day packs for uh, whatever you're doing, camo clothing. They've got all of it ready to go. Uh, I recently picked up an F1 mainframe and a Vapor 2500 pack that I've been super happy with. Uh, Be sure to check them out at EverlyStock.com or call in and get prepped for your next hunt. Let them know that Austin from the Vanguard Project podcast sent you. Uh, But beyond that, you all have a great day and we'll catch you next time. Mountain Primal Fuel Sticks are perfect for folks like you and I, constantly busy, stuck on the road, sitting at a desk between job sites, crushing Excel spreadsheets, or if you're one of the lucky ones, headed to the range or a hunting trip. They are the perfect size to keep a couple in a pack, or if you've got a wife that gets hangry, to toss her way. Admittedly, when my wife gets hangry, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation, so please use these to your advantage. They are 100% Highland Cow with zero hormones and zero antibiotics straight out of Colorado. Use code Vanguard to get 15% off at mountainprimal.com.